Hello and welcome to Talkin' Baseball. Players only, T. Ploof, J. Swizzy, BBD. We're fixing baseball. No, we're not actually. We're talking about a lot of baseball today. Hello and welcome back to Talking Baseball. That's not John Boy, you're right. It's Thick Daddy Jake with Trev, BBD in the corner producing his butt off. Welcome to Talking Baseball presented by Seat Geek. You love baseball, we love baseball. Why don't you have a seat with Seat Geek? They show you the good seats. They got the they got the street light system telling you if it's a good seat or a bad seat. Trev, what are you just about to say? I love the size of the bubbles. Bigger yeah. the green bubble, the better the deal, mm. baby. It just makes it really easy to go in there and get yourself, you know, a value. Everyone wants to feel like they're getting some sort of value. Mm. it makes it easy for you to see if you are or not. Big old bubble butt. Use code yeah. TALKIN, $20 off your tickets at SeatGeek with your first purchase. Code TALKIN, that's 20 bucks off. SeatGeek. Go check them out. Thanks, SeatGeek. Um, Trev... I'm excited. We, uh, you know, a little bit of ca- craziness today. John Boy Media, always something going on. Uh, John Malama Ding Dong had to dip. You know, stuff going on, people. I, I don't, think, don't think I can tell you more than that. Um, does it have to do something with Wef Wezos? I don't know. It doesn't. <laughs> but doesn't. imagine if it did. Uh, so it's me and Trev, our midweek topics episode i think we're going to cover some hitting and pitching across the league trev you want to dig back into the free agents a little bit and see who's thriving and who's uh not as much thriving as we say here but trevor ploof how are you my friend you know buyer's remorse is a real thing sometimes you pay a lot for something and then you get home and you're like Maybe I didn't need this. Maybe I don't look as good in this shirt as I did in the store. The lighting was just right back then. Uh, So we'll just take a look at some of those. I think that's kind of what my topic will be. And you and I, I feel like throughout this episode, Jakey Boy and BBD as well, we'll go off on a few little walks, you know, little tangents through the, the baseball sphere, see where we land. I mean, you're kind of a psychedelic kind of guy. Maybe we'll reach back into that brain of yours and just pick some of those ideas out, throw them to the people, and see what happens. I love it. I'm a buyer's remorse, Trev. I'm trying to... uh, I was digging through my brain like the last time I had serious buyer's remorse. A couple of my well-dressed Wednesday fits, um, they were instant like, I'm only going to wear this once, huh? Uh and I'm paying for this T-shirt that has a hole in it. So uh, I'm trying. You got any big ones? Any big buyers remorse? Did you ever have like a car you weren't into or something? Yeah, but you know, I had a. I bought a G wagon when I was 18. Mm. Right after I signed, mm-hmm. um, I went from. <laughs> I would like to know. Myst- I would like to know that Trevor Ploof. Yeah, <laughs> I went from a Mercury Mystique to a G wagon. And, uh, you know, it was a really bad car. I didn't like it. I did have buyer's remorse on that. The windows never worked. It would shut off on me unexpectedly. Uh, But I also reaped some benefits. People thought I was cool because I had it, uh, specifically the female species. Mm. But, yeah, you know, I mean, everyone's going to have it from time to time. 
but that doesn't mean uh, it was a bad purchase. That's what I'm going to say. I like that. Yeah, that was a... I had a Chevy Cobalt. I used to call the Brobalt. And uh, two-door windows rolled up and down. That was not a... Single Jake struggled in that. Yeah, yeah. single Jake struggled in that car. Um, But we live to fight on another day, you know? Um, You know, you got to go through that. I think it's important, you know? It's life, Um, man. You know? My Mercury Mystique used to, when it idled, it would shake really bad. But when it drove, it was smooth, like butter. So I'd have to try to, like, time up the stoplights and the stop signs. I'd try to kind of (laughs) roll into it because if I did you know, put the brakes on too hard, start shaking on me. Then that was, uh, wasn't a good look. Well, let's roll into this episode. BBD, you ever Mm. have buyer's remorse? Yes. Anything good? Eh. Okay. Just no stories come to mind, but but you felt the emotion. Yes. Okay. There's always that extra sushi roll that you ordered. Like I didn't need that. See, that's where that. I think uh, you're in my cores differ. Uh, and speaking of, Trev, are you Roman ready for this episode? I know you are. You were, uh, you were pretty hype. We had a little FaceTime last night and just like, we yeah. got to bring it today. Like, it's game day. It's yeah. game day. Like, we got to win the series. Um, and you can win your series at home with Roman. Um, if you're going into the bedroom and you don't believe in your free agent signing. I would maybe talk to Roman. I would talk to one of their US US licensed healthcare professionals. Uh who by the way, 52% of men ages 40 to 70 will experience some form of ED. We're getting rid of the stigma, all right? Please. Whether it's a Chevy Cobalt, a G-Wagon, it doesn't matter. As long as it's hard. It's running. Uh, as long as it's running, if your car's not running when you want it to run, you got somewhere to be. You got to finish up somewhere. Go to Roman. Get Roman.com slash talking. Get 15 months off your first month of treatment. Get Roman.com slash talking. Be Roman ready. 15 bucks off your first month of ED treatment. Hmm. Sometimes a Chevy Cobalt's all you need to get the job done. Oh, there's a lot of people you know what who, I mean? who like the Chevy Cobalt, all right? I mean, Milford, Connecticut, around 20, 2013. <laughs> Woo! Get Roman.com slash talk. Thanks, Roman. Right. Um, Trev, do you want to you wanna bat lead? Are you trying to get on or are you trying to drive home runs today? You want to uh, You want to go or you want me to go? I'll, I'll lead off. Get it. I like that and lead off. I like getting to uh, the plate knowing I'm going to get a heater that first pitch, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Sometimes one nothing Roman. is how you start the game off. Yeah. Brian Dozier, Jock Jones, one nothing type guys. Who else is a one nothing type guy? I love Jock Jones. Honestly, the one that jumps to my head in Yankee land is Afonso Soriano. I was going to say he Soriano, badass, yeah. Dude. Like, that was just like, what a fucking – that dude was Roman ready with that bat. <laughs> you shitting me? He's got a hammer. Um, Trev, you're saying <laughs> I have a I have a question because this is gonna you know change the order a little bit. We're gonna go over the top free agent signings. We're just gonna check in on these guys, see how they're doing, see if the fan base and and you know the front office and the team has buyers remorse. You know, I'm probably gonna lean no because it's we're still just one month into a lot of these deals. 
but it's fun to check in on them. Now, do you want to go average uh, value, average annual value, Ooh. or total money? I think I'm a total money guy. I, I think at the end of the day, that's what's going in your bank account. So, and yeah, Trev, I, I love the idea. I think, uh, you know, one month in baseball is it's a weird mix of something and nothing at the same time. And, uh, you know, I, I think this might be therapeutic for, you know, at some point we're probably going to talk about like a Trevor story. And, hey, you know, it, it's one month. It's one month. But some people are happy with their purchase. So run where you want, Trev. I think we'll start off with the most happy. And he's not going to be on this list because of total uh, value uh, of his contract. It's Carlos Rodon. Mm. Signed to the two-year 44. He's got the opt-out after this year. If um, he reaches a certain amount of innings, I believe it's 110 innings. And, you know, if he stays healthy, there's no doubt he's going to do that. And he's going to break the bank. I mean, the way he's pitching right now, checking in on him, he pitched last night at 12 Ks. Excuse me, pitched on Monday night at 12 Ks. Um, four and one with a one eight point nine one four whip. That's uh, there's no buyer's remorse there. You're running back to the store, seeing if they still got any of those. And you're going to buy some extra for when you run out. Of Carlos Rodon. His so right off the right off the rip, it's just Giants are doing it. His baseball savant is off the charts. Uh, you know, the formula was there. We talked about it all offseason, how this guy was a big prospect. He had some shoulder stuff. He absolutely shoved, looked like he ran out of gas. He signs a deal with San Francisco that we've talked about their training staff and their coaching staff taking care of the the older athletes while also hope helping them achieve higher levels. And yeah, man, uh, his baseball savant is lit up red. Um, as good of a start as you can ask for, the 1-8 ERA, striking out 53 guys in 35 innings. Like, who is this dude? Um, and yeah, man, if he hits free agency like this, and what was it, 110 innings? Yeah, uh, this guy's going to get a bag bag, and deservedly so. So this is the second year in a row the Giants have done something like this. Last year it was Gossman. And he was a he was what was he last year? One year eighteen or something they like qual- that. They qualifying offered him, so yeah, I think it was right around. And that. then what did they have him for for before that? I think he was finishing out his his contract, so it was probably just a little below that. Because I yeah. think he had well, one not one breakout year, but we can get in there. Let's see. Gossman we'll made off topic here a little bit, but Gossman nine mil in twenty twenty, eighteen in twenty twenty one. So yeah, so yeah, he went from nine to eighteen nine, and then he got the the payday with Toronto. Got the bag, yeah. Well, two years in a row where they're just getting a very, I mean, the dollars are there eighteen twenty two million dollars, but the you're not you know locked into some big contract, and this is exactly what they want to do. They would they would sign guys like this. Every single year. If they had a chance and now it's two for two for them, they're going to do it again next year. We'll see who it's going to be. Maybe when we, after we dive through these free agents, we'll go and check out who the 2023 Gossman and Rodon is going to be because the fucking Giants are going to find them. That's for sure. And Trev, I, it, you, you always depict this well, but like we, we have a number in our head for contracts for the best players and, you know, the bar gets set and set. But, you know, uh, if we see uh, Kevin Gossman or Carlos Rodon and they pitch well one year, 20 million, that's worth more than that. Um, because we, we always talk about the lifetime of the contract. And if, if a guy is doing that year one, 
and they signed a five-year contract, it's, you know, that could be a $40 million return. It's it's tough to measure it perfectly. I know some of the war stats try to do that, but yeah, man, like that's that's incredible value. 100%. Let's go to the list a little bit. First, the biggest free agent uh, signing total value in dollars uh, was Corey Seager. Uh, the Texas Rangers signed for 10 years, $325 million, less than Tom Brady is going to get paid to broadcast games. That's nuts, dude. What is that? I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) I'll do research for you, Tom. Uh, Corey Seager with the Rangers. Rangers not off to a hot start. And you know what? Seager kind of, I'll say, has been average. I'm not worried about him at all. Okay, you know, Again, I try to tell this to you all the time. If you start off like this right now, uh, you know, the OPS isn't there. 645, 231 batting average. He's at 94 OPS plus. We'll kind of get into that a little bit later with your topic. Yeah. Uh, but he was getting it going towards the end of April. And then the last four games, uh, he went over to bring his numbers down a little bit. I think he's going to be fine. He's already racked up 0.64. You know, if you average that over six months, you're looking at a, a 3.6 player. And, you know, that's not what they're paying him to be. You're paying him to be more of like a five to seven type guy. Uh, but I believe he's going to get going and his numbers. will be. I, I think the Rangers are completely fine with this. Seager, and you're right, Trev, we're going to talk about this a little bit. He, he's off to a slow, a slowish start for his standards, but it's nothing, nothing to go nuts about. He's got a, a good couple- week and we're, we're back. Exactly. He, he's got a couple homers there. Clearly, obviously, the numbers are below his standard. He's a career 861 OPS. But hitting is down across the league, and, you know, I, I think he looks like Corey Seager. You're right. I mean, the fact he's still racking up positive war and on pace for, like you're saying, a 3-4 war season when he hasn't really gotten going, I, I think that's fine, and I don't think Texas is worried there. Your guy, Marcus... Uh, I could see people raising some eyebrows a little bit. He's it's a tough start. Seven years, uh, twenty five a year tickets to one hundred and seventy five M's. And Marcus has not played well um, to start the year. Do you have his page up? I do. He's uh he's one seventy eight, two forty four, a two thirty four slug, a four seventy seven OPS. Um, he hasn't gotten that home run yet. Um, I, I know you love Marcus Simeon. I, I love what he did uh, his last two full seasons and everything you say about him as a work ethic guy and a guy guy. Um, for me, it's got to be it's got to be feeling that new contract a little bit and seeing the zero in the homer column. Like I when Marcus Simeon does hit his first homer, like I don't know if you if you do daily DraftKings stuff or whatever you do, but if you've watched baseball before, like. When one happens, it feels like the gates will come off. But also, Trev, his career numbers are on a different level than a Simeon. So buyer's remorse, you can't fully be there yet. It's one month of baseball, but you're asking questions. One one month into a seven year deal, you better not be panicking yet. But yeah, you're not you're not leveling you're seeing them. And if you're going over his game logs, he just never really got the ball rolling this year. You know, early on. I always like to have like one big game where I got, I don't know, three, four hits. Then you felt like, you know, I could have, I could have a little stretch where maybe I went over three with the walk and it doesn't affect you. But when you're 
I'm looking at his game logs now and just a lot of one first, one first, one first. Then you start mixing the O for his O for his O for his. Then your numbers start to look the way they look. And then you're looking at the Jumbotron and uh, things start to snowball from there. He's a phenom- phenomenal worker. I'm not really worried about him. Um, but, you know, if you're Texas right now and you're the Texas Rangers fans, I'd say your buyer's remorse level is somewhere in the middle. I think you're thinking about it a little bit. I'm not saying you should. I'm saying, what's the zeitgeist? Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of the good weird Jakey comparison. I feel like Marcus Simeon right now is like a, like a five wood in the golf bag that you were like, well, you know, I hit my four iron that far, but it's a nice club. So let me get it. And the first couple times he just topped it down the fairway and it ain't happening. Um Marcus will get it going. I mean, he he opened up May uh with three straight mm-hmm. two-hit games, and then he ran into the buzzsaw of the Yankees. Whoops. Um, but, yeah. And, and Trev, we keep teasing it a little bit. Like, I, I'm going to talk about how hitting is just down across the league and some of the numbers behind it that, like, all these guys that we're going to mention, like, Marcus has dug a little bit of a hole, but two good weeks, he's an above-league-average player this year. Like, the hitting... Is so so far down, but we'll we'll continue shopping. I have uh, another note on on Simeon. Mm-hmm. Last year, you know, it was an incredible year. But at, on May first, a month into the season, about where we are now, he had a six sixty five OPS, two seventeen, two ninety four, three seventy one slash line. He had a lot more homers mixed in five versus zero. Um, but it, it took him that first full month to really get going a year ago. So okay, here's what I I worry a little bit is that I'm not saying he needs motivation. I don't know. I I don't think he is that person that needs the motivation of winning. But they're not going to win there. Yeah, and I don't. Sometimes I think you know when you're a ball player and you get into a rut, a one way to get out of it is think about, dude, I'm just going to do whatever I can to help this team win a ball game. If those wins are few and far between. Right, and you can't really tell yourself that, you know. We'll we'll see how he answers the bell. I think I think he's going to be fine. Like if it was anybody else, I'd have a, lo- a little bit more doubt in my mind. But it's a great stat you brought up there, BBD. So now maybe the Texas Rangers fans' uh, buyers remorse levels a little bit less than average, just a little bit below that. And so uh, like we spent a lot of money, but I think it's going to be worth it. And you know what? I I want to take something back. I, I when I mentioned Corey Seager before, um. You know, I, I said I said his numbers are in a different world than than Simeon. And offensively, they, they kind of are. Um, Marcus Simeon's a guy that's racked up a lot of war. Uh, he's got more war than Seager. It was like 28 to 21. So, um, you know. He had some big, big years, Marcus. Like eight <laughs> eight uh, war years, man. His his big years are big. So, hey, uh, Field the ball. His his outs above average are low right now. His sprint speed's still ninety third percentile. So dude's dude's still athletic. That's up from eighty seventh last year. So I he's a guy. I I think you just circle that and say when that when that one does happen in the homer column, I wouldn't be shocked if there's a four homer week coming. Go Marcus. We love you, man. Love Just stud. Hot. Moving on, uh, we'll go to Chris Bryant from Kelsey Winger. It's rocks. Um, seven years, 182 M's. That's 26 a year. 
And, you know, I'll let you go with this one. You know, this is the Rockies, formerly your team. Now you're a yeah. snake guy. Um, how's the how's the feeling out there in Rocky Land? I'll give you the stats. Um, he is right now, currently, as we're taping this, not playing. Got a sore back. I think he's going to get a quarter zone shot in it. So you got to kind of take that into account. Seven years you got him for. And right now, it's not looking too hot. Um, hasn't played well defensively and a 689 OPS, no homers, uh, for a 93 OPS plus. So off the bat, off the rip, eh. formerly my rocks. Um, yes, it's always a tricky conversation. Um, Chris Bryant, MVP in the bag. Um, for me, the weirdest part is left fielder Chris Bryant. Um, his some of his outfield stuff ain't, ain't there right now, and it's okay. So you know Trevor Story, who we're gonna talk about, or whether it's going back to Nolan Arenado, like seemed like he kind of had a guy there. Um, it, it's way too early to jump to conclusions. Like his his numbers, and you factor in the injury, um, and the fact that they were winning games, like. Not a completely awful start. For me, it's still just a fit in how everything went down there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Chris Chris Bryant was apparently their guy, and the, the Rockies think they know something about winning at home now. So, uh, I don't know. I, there's, there's no reason to twist the knife or buyer's remorse. I, I guess the only thing would be, for me, it would still be Nolan Arenado. I'm, I'm biased to, to good third baseman. I mean, that's part of our connection, Trev. Um, that it it just feels like Nolan Arenado, who was your guy, could still be in house if you just handled things a little differently. And instead, you know, we're talking about Chris Bryant and you know playing left field and the the next seven years. Um, I, I I'm not too worried about him. Again, a, a two eighty one three thirty eight on base, comparatively around the league, that that ain't bad right now. Yeah, and he hasn't played. He hasn't played in two and a half weeks. So I, I can understand why people would say, "Okay, well, this is not great." But think about where the Rockies are. Yeah, they're hitting the crap out of the ball. Okay, and and um, as of we're taping this, sixteen and thirteen. I know that's a daunting division that they play in, but you got to say to yourself, "Hey, our offense has looked really good," and this has been without any help from Chris Bryant. So when he comes back, you know, get his back healthy. He did have the cortisone shot, so hopefully that brings things down. You get him back, maybe you keep going. Maybe he's the guy when he comes back, keeps the ship going the right way. Um, so I think I'll, I'll go the other way. I don't, I don't think there's much buyer's remorse. I think people are happy yeah. in Colorado that they sign somebody. Like, you got to be happy about that. You want your team to make moves. This guy's a really good ball player. Colorado spin is we're, fine. Colorado spin is we're winning games, and, and we don't even have them yet. So, yeah, they're, uh, they're good. They're good. That Kelsey Winger. Chris Bryant's the, like, uh, they bought a Brent a blender to lose some weight, and they already dropped two pounds, but they only used Haven't the even juiced once. yet. Yeah, like, they're they're still waiting to get in there. Okay. We're going to skip Freddie Freeman. Yeah. They're happy. <laughs> they're happy. <laughs> Not much to discuss. Not much to discuss. Uh, six years, 162, 27 M's a year. The guy's going off. He's a stud. And, and you know what? He's really helped their team when a lot of their regulars have not been performing up to their standards. You got Freddie Freeman here, 918 OPS. He's got the 403 on base percentage, which is what he does, you know, at an elite rate is get on base. 
uh, racked up 1.2 war already. Dodgers are happy. They maneuvered this perfectly. If are Dodgers fans ever mad? I don't. I don't know. I think Dodger fans kind of live the life. I think they just they enjoy the summer with a hint of baseball, and then they're like, "All right, postseason time. Let's rock." Um, yeah. That sounds pretty nice. And yeah, for, I texted Moylan the other day because I was watching the Sunday night game, and Freddie he got a change up, a low and away change up that a bunch of hitters would roll over. And he flicked it in the gap for like a double. And I texted him. I was like, dude, could Freddie hit 400? And he's like, if he wanted to, like, I, he could give that a run. Like, he's that good with the bat. But he'll hit a couple homers and just hit 310, too. You got to love Freddie. He's like one of the class examples of when people say, oh, you got to get your A swing off. I'm like, well, bro, sometimes you can't get your A swing off. Yeah. Sometimes you don't have your A swing. The A swing is gone from your bag bro so freddie like you're talking about i know that swing everyone knows that swing keeps his hands through the ball long enough where he can poke it out to left um shortens up when he needs to Uh, he just puts the barrel on the ball and you know what's you know what man like when you get done with baseball you start to think about all these things that you could have done there it's so easy i should have done that there's a there was a lot of times in my career where I adopted like a two strike approach where I would kind of spread out a little bit. It wasn't drastic. I wasn't just trying to play pepper, but spread out a little bit, choke up a little bit. And all you're trying to do is put the barrel on the ball. There are times where you feel lost and like the only thing you could tell yourself is just try to put the barrel on the ball. And there's a lot of times you do that. You hit some of the farthest home runs you ever hit. Yeah. Think it's a, a it's less. a weird thing. And then you start to tell yourself, I could just do this all the time. And then you get away from it because you start to feel good again. And you take your A swing and you strike out a bunch. Freddie, he got all the swings in the bag. Love Freddie. Dodgers are happy. No buyer's remorse at all. You think two strikes choking up ever comes back? It's there. It's still here in the game. You have to watch. You got to watch the guys. They'll still do it. All this, all this talk. No, man. I don't. I really don't believe it's a three out. Guys are not trying to hit home runs every time they go to the plate, contrary to what every single person says. Okay. You can't. You can't do it. The pitching is too good. You will be absolutely exposed. Now, you can put yourself in the right positions. I understand that. But there are times, man, where that A swing ain't there. I like, I mean, look at Joey Votto. I mean, some of the best hitters in the freaking game have two strike approaches. It's true. I I guess. Miguel Cabrera. I mean, you're right. You're naming some of the best hitters in the game, and I, the whole conversation around those guys are so good, they're different, that there is a whole nother tier, a mid-tier of baseball players that are getting big shifts, and they get two strikes, and they're still swinging for the fence that, like, I, I don't know. That's they, they say they get paid for the homer, so they go for the homer. I, I, I don't know. I You just like to see it. I'd like to see it a little more. I'd like if I flipped on a channel and I was watching my snakes or whoever I'm watching late night, you know, on the moon a little bit, and uh, it's two strikes and you see a guy like, all right, I got to put this ball in play. I would have, going back, things I would have changed about myself offensively, I would have battled way more with two strikes. Way more with two strikes. Because I feel like if you can just 
work some counts there, get a few knocks here and there, work it, get a walk. Like it's all about confidence, man. And instead of walking back with a with a you know three or four pitch strikeout, you battle, you see five or six pitches, that's gonna help you in your next at bat too. Um, or you get that knock and then it like, you know, takes some, some pressure off you. Then you can go up there and say, fuck it all out. I'm going to go, I'm going to go all out here. I'll ambush this pitch, try to hit one. Like it all goes hand in hand, man. Like he, I, I would have went back and tried to really buckle down with two strikes. Oh, that's, that's what we should have done today. Just relived your whole baseball life. Just, oh my God, just yelling at myself. Why didn't you do this? You <laughs> idiots, dude. Why didn't you listen to Burt Blylevin? Why didn't Josh Donaldson tell me anything while I was playing? God, I hate you, Josh. I didn't coach Josh Donaldson. Jeez, man. All right. Uh, moving on down. Uh, Dodgers. Yeah, happy. They're happy. This is the guy that I think uh, we'll want to talk about quite a bit here. We're talking about Trevor Story. Mm-hmm. Boston Red Sox get their guy, move him to second base because they got a shortstop. 140 M's over six years, 23.3 a year. Trevor Story has been not very good to start the year. Now, we had him on our show, and after we interviewed him, we don't do a lot of interviews anymore. Everyone knows that. But after we had him on the show, we are talking about you know this free agency, and we're like, hey, man, can't wait for you to go somewhere. He didn't go anywhere. Uh, um, do you think he's struggling – more mentally than physically right now, like adjusting to Boston and mm. kind of just going through that whole process was new for him. Or do you think uh, it's just, you know, early on and some things mechanically aren't right. Cause right now I'll give you the slash line 276 on base 545 OPS. He's got the 60 OPS plus still hasn't hit a Homer. Negative um, 0.5 war. So it's been tough. My Red Sox fans. Uh, you guys obviously know better than me. I grew up with a lot of Red Sox fans. It feels like that whole lineup, except three dudes, have the itis right now. That like it's just not happening. Um, and I don't know. There's there's something I very much believe in in baseball that like it. It's there's some old baseball phrases that sound really dumb, but I think are very true. And like good hitting's contagious. Like, that, that pass-the-baton feeling, like, I, I think that's a very real thing. I don't know how you bottle it, and yeah, it matters who you are. Like, if Bogart's endeavors double and they pass me the twig, it doesn't mean I'm going to get a hit. But, like, when your offense is wired that way, it's a feeling. And right now, it just sounds like Boston's offense is just a mess. Uh, they're trying to figure out everything around Devers, Bogart's, and JD, and it's all a mess, whether it's story or Kike, or Doogie, or whoever it is, Bobby Dahlbeck, um, that I'll be honest, I don't really know what to do with this, because I, I wanted the Yankees to get Trevor Story. I um, I I thought he could be their solution at shortstop. I, I guess I didn't look too far into the arm stuff, because I know that's still a conversation. But the other thing that's kind of looming, Trevin, we'll see how things go in Boston. They've dug a legitimate hole. This isn't... This isn't Jake the Yankees fan being like, oh, the Red Sox. Like, no, they dug a hole. They're like 10 games back. 
I don't know what you do with Trevor's story. I you run him out there. You what do you, you else have you to do, bro? You have to. But I guess the other thing that's lurking in this Trev is the Xander Bogarts part where he's in the last year of his deal, and they're talking about well, if story builds up and looks good, is he the Bogarts replacement? If Boston, if the ship sank and they're out of it by the deadline, I I don't know. A lot of those conversations get really weird. You're obviously not punting on Trevor Story after a bad month and a a month where the league wasn't hitting a lot. I don't know. I I don't know. I I believe in talent. His sprint speed is still a high level. He's got max exit velo. Everything else is down. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, do do I think he's feeling a little more pressure playing in a market like Boston with a big boy contract than – being in Colorado where he became the superstar he is. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not worried yet. I understand how you could be absolutely frustrated as a Red Sox fan because some of the things that he's doing are just tough to watch. You know, he's he's swinging and missing a lot. Yeah. Uh, his whiff rate is up um, to his career uh, whiff rate. And I think some of the t- some of the advance that I've seen him uh, have, a lot of the pitchers are just kind of nibbling and making him try to chase the ball. And when you're in a rut like he is, you're trying to dig yourself out, and guys aren't giving you good pitches to hit, and they're kind of nibbling, and you're trying to press and do things. It's the snowball effect. So you know, how are you going to get out of a slump? I mean, we talk about Joey Votto's freaking quote about a baseball slump about as good as you can do. Um, you know, feels like you're in a labyrinth. You're all by yourself. You get out the labyrinth only to find it leads to another labyrinth. Just, it's just how it is. So he, he's feeling alone. He wants to get out of it himself, but the way you get out of a slump is seeing more pitches, working more counts, letting the ball, like it sounds stupid and old school, but like letting the ball travel like a lot and like getting jammed and beat. I, Miguel Cabrera told me that. Like when you are struggling, like you just have to let the ball get as deep as possible. You are going to get jammed at some points, but like it's what you have to do. So mechanically, I think there are some things that he might have to work on getting back on time uh, because when he is swinging, he's whiffing. That tells me he's in between pitches. Uh, but I also think, you know, it's playing in Boston and it's different. And there, there are some expectations that come along with playing for a franchise like that. It's a different vibe than Colorado, bro. And dude, it's a hugely different vibe. There's one other thing that we're missing. He's playing second base for the first time. Like, you think that's not in his head? I, uh, that's another thing. I mean, after watching Glaber Torres and how that guy plays defense at shortstop and second base, um, I mean, this is kind of reverse, but Trevor Story had played 733 games at shortstop at the major league level coming into this year. He had played zero at second base. And now he's the starting second baseman for the Boston Red Sox. That'll twist you up, man. (laughs) That'll twist you up. You're doing a lot of thinking. That's a completely different play. Um, Second base, everything's basically reversed. You know, turning a double play, going from shortstop to second base is very difficult. Um, even just starting the double play, the way that you have to go the opposite way that you're used to at shortstop, everything moves to your glove side at shortstop. You know, all your plays are that way. Second baseman, it's not that way. I mean, the throw for a double play is completely different. 
So you have to think about stuff like that. You're lining up differently in shifts. Your bunt responsibilities are different. Your relay responsibilities are different. Uh, you're seeing just a completely different atmosphere. You know, um, when guys hook balls, there it goes towards the line. So at shortstop, a guy hooks a ball, it's going towards the to the left field line. At second base, you know, it's just different, man. Like everything is different there. So yeah, that is a big part of the adjustment. Uh, but I think he's just he's just he's good enough where he's going to make the adjustment. And we're going to be sitting here laughing about how on May 11th, we talked that he was struggling. I really, really believe that because I mean, may, honestly, mainly or two reasons. One, he has a track record Two, the interview we did with him, like seeing who he is as a person and like kind of like the mentality that he has. He'll be OK. I think but, so, too. Buyer's remorse level for Boston fans right now, pretty high. They're nervous. They're nervous, especially with Xander having to get paid after this year and still some taste of Mookie in their mouth. Um, ooh, that was a weird phrase. Mm. Uh, and, yeah, Trev, this is one of my short king, like, deepest, darkest secrets. You know, second base is kind of the short king position. Uh, BBD has some second baseman pride in him. That was his position as a youth. Um, I hated second base. It felt like I was looking at the field the wrong way. Like short, third, center, left, right. Even <laughs> your short king had a couple first base innings back in the day. Second base was the least comfortable I was ever on a baseball field. It's it's interesting, man. It is. It's it's just feels backwards. Trav, no, it doesn't feel backwards. Mm. Some athletic greens. Yeah, I need that. Trev, let's like let this rip. Like hot boy summer's coming. Um, and I think we gotta just go full tilt with our AG1 athletic greens. Uh what if you want more energy? Trev, are you hard yeah. pressed on time? How many kids how many kids did you pick up today? <laughs> Two kids. Two kids. That takes time. Yeah. It takes time, bro. Athletic Greens, it's delicious. AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods. They gave us some, and we housed it. And I, like, need – I need the system. I want to go in. I'm ready. Um, it's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy, gluten-free – Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. With Athletic Greens, you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. That sounds good. I just heard Glass now on the Rose Rotation talking about getting right, and I was like, if Tyler Glass now is worried about getting his body more right, maybe I need to be What's more What's wrong with that guy? I love him. He's a chill out, all right? (laughs) I love him. His body's too nice. I think it's too nice. Girls don't even like it. It's too nice. A thousand percent. To make it easy, Athletic (laughs) Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of their immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash baseball. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash baseball. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Um, Thanks, Athletic Greens. Go go check them out. Uh, yeah, Glass and I was talking about like feeling better and recovering, and I was like, "God damn it, dude!" <laughs> like, I'm... the guy wakes up and feels great every single day. <laughs> he feels really good. 
like comparatively, like relatively speaking to like probably how I feel when I wake up. Like it's like he's getting off and like on a magic carpet or something, just floating around. And I'm like lugging some rock behind me or something. You know what I mean? That's how I feel when I wake up in the morning. If Tyler Glass now woke up in my body, he would just like slap himself till he was bleeding in the face. Like, wake up, wake up. <laughs> Talks about how much he likes to feel good. Yeah. He wouldn't enjoy God, I like that too. He'd be like, man, Jake, my, my eyes are a little groggy. Okay. Let me let me run through a few more guys. Yeah, give me a couple more. I think we don't need to really go over a lot. And then I'm going to go to one last guy, which is going to segue perfect into your topic. Perfect. Uh, the biggest average salary this year is Max Scherzer at 43.3 hmm. M's. No buyer's remorse whatsoever. Yeah. He's totally changed the clubhouse culture there. He's pitched his ass off. Max Scherzer, Met fans, you are happy. Uncle Stevie did you right. The most happy. Good for them. Justin Verlander, 25 mil um, over two years. They're happy. Dude, remember all that? Like the Yankees were in, a few teams were in, and he locked up two for 25, and we all, eh, eh. <laughs> He looks locked in, dude. Five starts in, he's got a one nine three. Um, Yeah, they're happy. No buyer's remorse there whatsoever. One more, we'll go to Carlos Correa of my twins, who got him on the the deal. It's 35.1 average. He has the opt-out after this year. It's probably going to happen, I'd imagine. I'd say they're happy. I don't think there's any buyer's remorse there. I also think he's changed the the culture a little bit there. I love what he's doing when he's talking about Byron Buxton, saying this is his team. He didn't come in there and say, hey, this is my team. Uh, He said, this is Buck's team, and I'm here to help. And I like that mentality. I mean, probably because he knows he's not going to be there. Although there are reports saying that he's mm-hmm. looking to stay there. Don't you know. know how much I believe those reports. Um, but I don't think there's any buyer's remorse there either. I know he was close, you know, to the IL, but uh, with the with the hand thing, but he's okay. So you know, one of one of my close friends, uh, I think they put him on. Like, he's on. Did they put him on? I think like an hour ago. Yeah. Oh, live reaction. Live Boo. reaction. Um, you know, one Not of my, happy. one of my close friends, Trev, you mentioned staying in Minnesota. Um, you know, I saw him hanging out at Joe Mauer's <laughs> spot last summer, and it looked like a nice place to live if you got Carlos Correa's type of money. So maybe he gets comfy there. And yeah, uh Carlos Correa, the stats don't look pretty. One eleven OPS plus. Like while being banged up. So yeah, no remorse. He's kind of like, he's house money right now. He did just put him on. Damn. He'll be back. He'll be back. I don't think it's anything big. I hope not. What are they saying right here? Uh, retroactive to May 6th, um, finger contusion. Okay. So that's... Come back get him right. He's going to miss the series with the Astros, but it's okay. Oh, that's oh. kind of funny. So here's the guy I want to talk about. Then we'll go into your thing. Uh, Javier Baez. Mm-hmm. Now he signed um, for six years, 140, 23.3 a year. And he's another guy, kind of a culture changer, I believe. Um, 284 OBP, 382 sluggy for a 666. Look out, mm-hmm. Satan. Uh, OPS for the 101. OPS plus. So he has been 1% above league average offensively. You know what he brings defensively as well. Tigers not off to a great start. Still think they're pretty happy with this signing. Mm. Jake? 
This is one that I, I would deflect to Tiger fans a little bit. You know, the numbers are telling an interesting story, and, and, and I think you're right. My story that I will tell, uh, hopefully, if there are Tiger fans mad at El Mago, um, you, you're right. Like, this start is fine um, comparatively across the league, and, I, you know, I, I think the Detroit Tigers have a lot other problems other than Javi Baez right now. Um their offense as a whole hasn't been clicking. They're 29th in OPS. They're 30th in homers. They're 29th in stolen bases. So you start reading some of that and you start finger pointing a little bit. But um, no, I, I, I think I think they, you know, Javi Baez has been like the third best hitter on their team. So I, I think you're right. I, I think they're fine with him. Um, I... Someone might have to research this. What is going on in Detroit? Like, have they just played freezing cold games? <laughs> they they have 11 homers on the year. One, tough place to hit. Two, yeah, freezing cold during April and early May. No doubt about it. They have three guys that have multiple home runs on the year. Yeah, and you know, it's not like they have a bunch of like punch and Judy guys either. I mean, Spencer Torkelson is supposed to be one of the premier power hitters in the game right now. I mean, at least that's what his billing is. He's got three home runs. He leads the team. Javi Baez, two, and then uh, Candelario with two. But Badu, they just sent him down. He was not doing well. You know, Miggy's working his way through, you know, his last Jonathan few years here. Scope, man, those numbers. That's really tough. Um, Robbie Grossman. You know, it's kind of been, I mean, he's been above average. We could talk about that in a little bit. But as far as Javi, you know, I think he's shown enough at, you know, 23 million, obviously is a lot of money. But for a guy that you can kind of count on to, he's going to be one of the faces of your franchise, especially when Miggy goes. I think that he'll establish himself as that. Um, a couple years left in his prime. I would say he's got about four four years left in his prime where he can go do it defensively as well. Um, I think you're fine with it. You know, the season's been disappointing, but I don't think Javi Baez is the reason it's been disappointing. No. Go look at that Tiger stat page. Holy smokes. They've had some in, some injuries to their pitching as well, and just it just hasn't been their year at all. Man, that's uh, that's tough. That's one of those... Tiger fans, I know my guy Ray originally reached out last year before they got it going. It became a joke on the show. I, I guess reach out some more uh, and let me know. Has it just been tough? I, I guess it looks like their bullpen's been pretty good, so I guess you could hang your hat on that a little bit. But, I mean, they're also 8-20 and 20 right now, um, <laughs> and the baseball reference page agrees with that. Well, I saw Pineda pitch on Monday. Oh. Oh, says he Mike. says he's six seven two eighty. I don't. I think we might have to. <laughs> we might have to check that. He's a big boy. If That's you, a big boy out on that mound. If you want to get John Boy going, Noah, <laughs> this will this will pick everyone's day up tomorrow. Tweet at John Boy and say, "Hey, could you could you post a little video dis- describing Michael Pineda's body?" Um. Because it's really a wonder of the world to him. Um, and yeah, big, big Mike. Hey, 21 innings, 3-4-3 RA. Let's go, Big Mike. He's not the problem. Oh, man. 
We don't body shame here. We don't body shame. So Javi Baez, we talked about the the devil's OPS he's got. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Segues perfectly into your topic yeah. here. You want to talk about league offense and how it's it's been down. So that's 666 OPS. Typically you think, hey, not very good. You mm. gotta put you gotta put a seven on it. You gotta turn seven with me if you want to be like close to league average. Well, no. 666 is getting you 101 OPS plus right now. Trev, it's insane, and and the Tigers have a, as a whole may be the perfect example. And and before I get into this last thing, we want to shout out today. Uh, if you don't know, we got boxing now. Inside Boxing Live, our our guy Dan Canobio, um, he does a really good job. He does, man. He's uh he's got a really funny personality. He kind of gives off this tough Italian Long Island dad, but he's got kind of like a cute side to him. Um, and he's just, he's from the boxing world. He's comes from a boxing family and he's had huge guests, Tyson, Dame Lillard, uh, Ryan Garcia, uh, check out some follow counts on that dude. Uh, Canelo, uh, and Canelo just got beat this weekend. And dude, it, he, the way we talk about baseball, he talks about boxing. His eyes light up. He says, there's always a story. There's always a, um, drama. He loves it. Head over to John boy boxing YouTube channel. Check it out. It's on a, Inside Boxing Live is on all the favorite podcast apps and all that. Dan's a great dude. You might remember him from the Blitzball battle as well. Um, Trevor, uh, we talked last night, and, you know, we're honest with the people. We were like, we got to, like, people are listening to talking baseball. We got to start bringing the heat. Dude, it's like. Sometimes I don't, I can't even. I don't understand how many people listen to our show. It's it's very humbling. Big numbers, bro. Yeah. Um, that it was kind of like you know what, kind of. I kind of feel like Trevor Story right now. Kind of, I. You're above. This. <laughs> you're above Trevor Story. <laughs> um, that no, Trev. Like we we got through the first month of the season. Like spring training happened quick. Then we're playing games and like. You know, I think we still have a winning record. Like, you know, we probably put up like a, a 16 and 12, but we're talking baseball. You know, we should be the first team to 20 wins. That's what we do. Um, all of that was symbolic, symbolical. And we had our topics episode today, and I said, what do I want to talk about? And Trev, it's hitting. I mean, we're hitters. Blitzball, pro ball, wherever you play, we hit. That's what we get in the box. Trev hitting around the league just seems so down that I was like, all right, what's the right way to do this? Cause we could do all the spiels. Pitching's better. Velo's up. Uh, the sticky stuff, all that cold weather. We love talking about cold weather. I sent something over to you guys at eight Oh seven AM. I think the pre-workout was kicking in pretty hard. Cause I was at the gym. Um, and I was like, you know what? I want to see, is there an easy way to look up the over-under results from so far this season? Like, am I just dreaming this? Because it feels like every time you tune into a baseball game, or if you look at the MLB app, it's like, well, all right, it's, it's 1-0 in, in LA, and it's uh, 0-0 in the 6th in Detroit. Trev, there are... Five teams in, in baseball this year that the over is hitting over 50% of the time. Seattle, Philly, St. Louis, Atlanta, 
Cleveland and Cincinnati <laughs> at a 68% clip. And I don't think that's because of their offense. Um, I, I think that's unfortunately because of their pitching. 19-9-1 if you've taken the over in Cincinnati. Important to some of the gambling crew. I'm not even going down that road, Trevor. Because I'm going down the fact that there's one, two, there's three teams that are at 50% clips on the over-under. Shout out Cubs, Rockies, and Giants. Everybody else, over two-thirds of the league, the games are hitting the under. Which again, people... Vegas plays for keeps. <laughs> They're not throwing lines out there uh, just to mess around or I, I think this guy's going to get a couple hits today because he looked good in BP. They're playing for quiche. This is real. The Houston Astros, 21-8 and eight going under. Boston, 20-9 going under. Those two teams are that opposite. That makes sense. Yeah. At Boston not hitting, Houston's pitching so well that they're hitting that they're going under. Detroit 19 and 9. Baltimore 19 and 9. My Snakes cuz they're pitching so damn good are 19 10 and 1 if you're betting the under. So, I felt good. I was like, okay, the under's hitting all around the league. Offense is down. I wanted to bring this to teams and players. I went to Baseball Savant. I looked at some pitch speed stuff. Not as crazy as I thought. Uh, velo across the league, it, it's similar to where it is. There's no big spikes. I, I think, you know, the spikes slowed down as the sticky stuff kind of a little bit here, a little bit there, whatever. Trevor, there are some guys this year. Because we look at our players. I kept saying Josh Donaldson's off to a slow start this season. Josh Donaldson's on my Yankees. Your hitting coach. You wish he was your hitting coach sooner. Um, bringer of rain. Guy's got an MVP trophy at home. Trev, how much does he have in the bank account? You want to guess? Oh, that's a good one. Okay, okay. He made 90-something when this with this contract. And I want to say going through arbitration, he probably made another... 30. So I'm going to go like $124 million. Career to date, 142. Josh mm. Donaldson. That's so much money. <laughs> so, so much rich. money. Um, anyways, Josh Donaldson this year is hitting 220, a 336 on base, a 352 slug. This is a guy with a career 502 slugging. Trevor, OPS plus, which I know a lot of people probably know, but on base plus sug on base plus slugging, but adjusted to the player's ballpark, so we get everything on a level playing field here. He's a 107 plus right now. He's seven percent better than your average hitter. Now it's still below Josh Donaldson's standards. He's he's been 128, 132 the past couple years. But I wanted to dig up a couple players and a couple stat lines that, that ties into what you were talking to. That this year, and I don't know how deep we want to go into this, Trev, because I think there's a whole conversation that the balls are dead. I think there's a whole conversation that pitching is just sprinting past hitting right now, and there's 
there's kind of there's no pitchers in the league anymore that you feast off of like those guys used to exist. But there's got to be something else going on, whether it's spring training or more hitters on the roster. Because, Trev, these are some guys with positive OPS pluses. 246 batting average, 317 on base, a 342 slugging for a 660 OPS. 660. That was our guy in a very important trade, Adam Frazier. He's got a 102 OPS plus. And that's above average right now. And Trev, I'm not throwing Adam Frazier under the bus. I thought it was funny that his name popped up. Um, but man, and like after seeing the Detroit Tigers and seeing some of these other numbers of what is like a league average player right now, I'm just a little worried, man. And like I, I know how proud you are about hitting and how much we low-key, high-key hate pitchers. like Starters. Starting pitchers, excuse me. Um, the, the other stat line before I fully kick it to you uh, was my guy Glaber Torres. Um, Glaber Torres is hitting 220 with a 258 on base. A 427 slugging. He's got a 685 OPS. He's a 102 OPS plus. He's above average league hitter with a 220 batting average and a 258 on base. Trev, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't all add up. And I don't even know where to go next with it. I, I sent some weird DMs to uh, Eno Saris this morning. Where is your brain at? I don't know if it's hitting in general or just to start the year or what, but it's not good, man. I have an article up here, um, and I'm going to start with saying that I don't like the offense being down. Um, I don't think it makes for a better game. I think everyone can kind of agree on that. We've touched on a couple of different reasons why I think it is so. The technology uh, the pitchers have right now is just far and above uh, better than what hitters have, and they're able to use it at a much quicker pace than what hitters can do, and mostly because it's they control the variables. I mean, these guys are the ones that have the ball in their hand, and it's up to the hitters to adjust. And when you have a group that just has better tools, faster tools, I mean, they're going to come out on top. That's, I mean, dude, in any facet of life, basically. So that's one big reason. I think that the hitters have to find some way to adjust to that. Don't know what it is. This one dude keeps sending me this pitching machine that you can recreate pitches. I don't give a shit about that because there's no arm on the thing. So go ahead and get your timing off of that. Good luck. I don't know what I don't know what hitters can do. As far as the tech, I have no clue. The only thing I can think about is VR, and it has to be so dialed in. Um, I know there's a few stories around the league about these foam ball machines, and that's kind of what hitters are trying to do now. For anybody that doesn't know, it's these pitching machines that you can just crank up to super high speeds. They throw these foam balls that can kind of mimic the the, the rise a little bit of, of a guy with with uh, elite spin on a, a four seam, or or you can just crank it up and throw nasty sliders, all while it being low impact type training. Because when you do that with a regular ball, you can take and train your eyes, but if you want to put a swing on something one bad swing can just right. jar you and you just want to get out of the cage as quick as possible. So I think that's smart. So, you know, that's one thing, you know, training the eyes is, is big for hitters and maybe we start doing that more. I don't know. 
I think mainly baseballs, the baseballs are just not what they used to be. They're not flying. I think that everyone knows that uh, they don't pass the eye test. According to, you know, Dr. Meredith, uh, they also are just being manufactured differently. Uh, go check her out and all her studies about it. Here's some facts I got from this article at overtimeheroics.net. The article is written by Stuart Caruthers. Mm. want to give credit there. Here's some facts. Uh, 2021 batting average, 244, 2022. This is through uh, May 4th, 232. Slugging percentage from 411 to 370. On-base plus slugging, uh, 728 down to 676. These are league averages. Uh, Plate appearances per home run. In 2021, it was 30 plate appearances. 30.6 plate appearances for every home run. Right now, we're up to 41 plate appearances per home run. Um, The exit velocity is the same at 88.8. So the ball's coming off. The launch angle's relatively the same uh, 12.6 degrees last year, 12.5 degrees this year. So we should be seeing all these slugging numbers line up. They don't line up because well, the ball's dead and the runs per game, Jake four and a half runs per game last year. We're down to 4.08 through 2022. So when you're hitting the ball just as hard at the same launch angle and your slugging's down like that, and you can still shift the same way. And a lot of the same defenders are still there and, same ballparks. I guess we can talk about Baltimore's park maybe having an effect mm. on it a little bit, a tiny, this little bit. It's kind of funny. Um, it's the balls. It's the freaking balls, man. You see these guys, like even uh, Josh Naylor. I know there was some win there um, in Chicago, but the ball that he hit, it was the 11th inning homer, three-run shot. He hit it low enough where the wind shouldn't mess with that ball in right field there. Barely got out. And he smacked that ball. Uh, I just, you see guys talking about it, tweeting about it. Jazz Chisholm's brought it up. I don't know what we do. You're mixing this elite tech for pitchers with a dead ball. And that's, this is what's going to happen. Do you wish Josh Naylor played with a little more intensity? <laughs> I love it, man. That was nuts. I told, I told Rosie, you know, that little section right next to the visitor's dugout in Chicago on the south side can be ruthless dude yeah i think they just like let people like kind of come down as the game goes on i mean i know that there's been people thrown out um of that section when i was playing a game there for some they were got a little rambunctious a little too much alcohol started you know using profanity talking about people's like wives and stuff like that it wasn't good but um i'm okay with people talking crap and i think they were they're just kind of making fun of them a little bit and as a ball player you just got to kind of accept it and you try to do what he did yeah he did it. He sure did. Um, <laughs> Josh Naylor, he's got a little bit of that story Ellie build to him. Thick, thick in the right places. Um, so Trev, you think you think if we went juicy balls tomorrow that we're fine? Like that's the difference maker right now? I th- I mean, yeah, probably. Yeah. I think so. I think I think still, you know, you're going to see strikeouts up. I mean, they've been going, they've been rising year after year after year uh, for for quite some time. I, the pitchers are going to be better. I think offensive numbers are going to struggle a little bit because of that, um, but not this drastic. You know, it's not this drastic. I think they're. I mean, it's pretty clear here that we're we're dealing with a a, a dead ball. Man, and it, it, I, I guess the part where I start getting just frustrated and spinning in circles a little bit is, 
I, I compared some stats today. I, I went to 2018 because uh, 2018 was one of the not juice ball years. I think it was 2017 and 19 uh, for sure. And then 2020 was a grab bag. That was fun. Um, 2018, Giancarlo Stan, you know, a premier all-time power hitter, like good chance at the Hall of Fame, 500 homers, all of it. Uh, it was his first year with the Yankees, so he was kind of learning the league, but he he looked like Giancarlo Stanton for the most part. 38 homers, 266, 343, a 509 slugging, uh, 852 OPS. He was a 130 OPS plus, 130. So he's 30% better than your league average hitter. Kind of adds up, right? Dude's a freak. Um, right now, this year, DJ LeMahieu, a very different type of ball player. And hey, uh, you know, we've had a lot of talks about DJ LeMahieu in his, in his own right. 283, 359, a 402 slugging. He's a 129 OPS plus, a 761 OPS. And he's 29% better than your average league hitter. And it's just people love offense. Look at the NBA right now. Look at the three-point shots. Um Look at the NFL and look at a Chiefs game or a Chargers game and when they're the Bills, that Bills-Chiefs game. It, it's offense. The The analytics and everything the sport is doing is pushing towards offense where baseball, it kind of felt that way with the juice balls. Like, oh, okay, baseball's got some juicy balls. That's going to be some offense. With the pitching technology and where the baseballs are at, it's just not right, and it's not good for the game. Like, I, there are too many nights when I look at the score, the scoreboard, and there's these pitchers are too good that if you're giving them this ball, that, yeah, you're going to look up in the fifth inning and it's 0-0, and then we're kicking it to guys in the bullpen that throw 97. Like, it's not great for the sport. I'm interested to see. If I had to bet on it, I would not be surprised if there is a moment this season where one of our midweek episodes is like, well, the Juicies are back. Like, I 1,000% think that's going to happen. And I also think that's the most ridiculous thing in the world. <laughs> like what what are is. we doing? And, and then they're going to say, oh, it's just the weather. It was too <laughs> yeah, cold in April. Hot. The balls don't fly. Got hot. Balls are going now. Limited spring training. Guys are finally <laughs> yeah. seeing the ball. You know, and you know what? A lot of that could be a factor. You know, last year, the numbers through April were, you know, kind of not where they are now. This article also references that if you want to talk about it. But that was sticky stuff season, no? Like prime sticky stuff season? They're not They're not as drastic. I'm just saying in, through April last year, uh, everything was still up. Batting average was the same. Slugging was up 20, uh, 20 points. Obviously, OPS was up 20 points. Um, runs were still four and a third a game. And the plate appearances were still down per homer. So not as drastic as a season total. So it does make me think that we're going to have some better offensive numbers as, uh, you know, the weather warms up. But until they change the balls and they, and they, and they can, like you said, like we've, we've, we know that there have been different years used, different balls constructed and manufactured in different years used in one season. So you're going to have, it was like a mixed bag type of thing right now. It seems that we've gotten one ball, a consistent ball. It's just dead. Uh, Ian Happ is even quoted in here saying that it's for sure. The ball, this is coming from the compound podcast. Go check that out. Ian Happ, uh, Dakota Mex and Zach shorts with Tom Prizman mm. as the producer there. Look at that. 
Quote from Ian from the um, from his podcast. Yeah, there's dead balls. We're in, we were in Atlanta. I watched some guys hit some balls in the 107s, 109s, 105s, outs, all outs, and the ball flies there. So, I don't know, man. It seems stupid that we're talking about this, but it's part of the game. And as far as fixing offense and trying hitters trying to catch up to pitchers, I, I don't know what it's going to take, man. I really, really don't. Some, some really um, – I don't know what you want to call it, quirky or maybe some futuristic, some some combination of those two type of training methods. It's it's something that's not out there right now that's going to help combat what pitchers have, because you know for for them to be able to make make up pitches out of thin air now kind of is scary, man. And they can zig they can zig when they see hitters zagging so quickly now, you know and. Instead of vertical drop-on pitches, now everyone wants horizontal stuff because hitters were adjusting to the vertical stuff. So now they want horizontal, and then the hitters are going to catch up to that, and they're like, no, we're going to go back to the 12 sixes and the top of the zone again. It's, it's a chess match, and, and it seems like um, the pitchers kind of like have way more pieces to, to lose. Does that make any sense? No, that's, just I, I was, I was, I was hunting for a weird Jake one and I was worried when you got to chess, but you described it right. Like it was, it's a chess game. If like <laughs> the hitters had no Knights or Bishop. Yeah. <laughs> like, and like, and they were just going out there and like, fuck it, bro. We'll try. Yeah. All right. Get out, <laughs> get out there. Pawns. Um, Trev, I, I'm, I'm not ready to die on this hill, but it's a thought I've had multiple times. Do you know when they made the distance uh, to the plate 60 feet 6 inches? Like what year? I don't. Long time ago. 1893. 18, yeah. Hey. No, stop. I don't even want to hear you. Trev, I'm, I haven't done enough research. I'm not on this hill yet. But guess what they weren't doing in 1893? Throwing eighty, throwing eighty miles per hour. <laughs> like we we got guys that are pumping. I I don't know. You don't know that there was you know there's some footage back then of like a horse and like a guy throwing a ball <laughs> yeah. and the horse is running pretty fast. That's, Trev, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna come out to L.A. This they used winter. to think the curveball was an optical <laughs> illusion, bro. Until they like put some rings and they threw a ball through it. Like what were people thinking, back Trev? I think were this- people just like. Sorry. This offseason, I'm going to come out. I'm going to come back to your shed back there. We're going to get medicated, and we're going to watch that horse <laughs> racing the pitch video. And, I mean, that's just a million views. It's just a million views. What were we doing? What were we doing? What were man? we about back then? Um, Hitters got to figure it out, though. Look, this is the thing. Hitters don't complain as much as right. pitchers. Okay? So, I don't want this to come off as us whining at the pitcher. I just want to find a solution for hitters that we can catch up and even the playing field a little bit right now because we are losing. We are losing out there. And all these MFers that are crushing the ball right now, share your secrets, please. Right? That's the other side of this coin that I I guess my – well – this won't be my closing point. Shout out to the Taylor Wards, the Manny Machados. Those guys are both triple crowning right now. Uh, Trout and Bucks, <laughs> Jose Ramirez, nobody's surprised. I guess all the Cleveland young guys that are hitting, like <laughs> hats off to you dudes. Um, 
And Trev, the, the one of the other reasons I ended up here and wanted to do this as a topic, it, it's because it attached to our last episode. Julio Rodriguez, the 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 young star, future star for the Seattle Mariners. We talked about his star and what do you do. He's 255, 319, 349, a 668 OPS. That's 104 OPS plus. That's 4% better than your average player as a rookie. And by the way, he leads the league in stolen bases. He's got 10 swipes. So, like, we're sitting here having conversations like, is it going to click? How's he doing? What's it look like? And meanwhile, this guy who's 21 years old is achieving at a higher than average level. So it's a month in. A lot is going to change, whether we're talking big money free agents, whether we're talking young bloods, whether we're talking getting out of a slump, or <laughs> I don't know what you do with all the guys that are hitting. Like, that's insane. Those guys <laughs> deserve a trophy. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I just... I need I I love good pitching. I just need a little more need a little more bingo out there. On the flip side of this, if you're a bad starting pitcher right now, you got no one to blame but yourself. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I put those cameras on me right now. Let me get naked, put those dots all over me. Let's put the cameras on me. Let's figure some stuff out. I mean, there are so many ways to improve yourself as a pitcher right now. So many ways. God. So if you're not you're not getting it done as a starter right now, I would go and uh, get in the lab real quick. Get in the lab. Trev, anything you, anything else you need to get off your chest, Big Daddy? I mean, we've we covered a lot. Holy smokes. You know, I just – I love baseball, man. It's been fun uh, getting out to the parks, see Rose and I. Um, as this comes out, we'll be headed down to Anaheim. Yeah. going to see Trout and Otani and get out to a park. Get out to a park and go see a game. You know, I think that's important. Baseball is meant to be watched in person. It really is. Are you? And guys, I know, like, are, are you? Are you guys pushing pushing P pushing press peas? Oh yeah. Are you gonna like? Oh, see, yeah. Are you gonna like see Otani, dude? He's starting tomorrow, so probably not. Ah, uh, but cool. maybe that's there's nice. there's yeah. there there is talk that we might be seeing Michael. I uh, and that'd be really fun. Jealousy does not look good on me. Um, if you're a hitter, last point. The only thing you can do right now that will benefit you um, in the long run is going and training your eyes for high velo. Go to a cage, go to a machine that you can pump up as high as you can. Just go watch the balls. Take a hundred pitches. Don't even fucking swing. Boom, boom, boom. The more your eyes see it. Your body will adjust. Your body's quick enough to catch up to these pitches. It's your eyes. So go do that. That's what we have right now as hitters. Go see as high a velo and as nasty a pitches on these break uh, on these pitching machines as you can. I think that's like kind of like the best, the best way to remedy how good these pitches are becoming. Maybe go watch some blitz ball, the one on one league, the blitz ball battle, and maybe you can pick up some tips there from from other hitters you see and you like. Um, Trev, players only, baby. It's chop, nice chopping it up with you today. Chop cheese. Miss the Bronx. You got it, BBD. You got this one. Jig sucks. Oh, he hit it. Mm-hmm. 
Ask John Boy for that Michael Pineda body, man. <laughs> 